Hi, I'm David Kaplan, and you're listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Enjoy the show. MLB history tonight in the Twin Cities, and you can only see it right here on CSN. The White Sox will start three outfielders with the same last name tonight. Avi Garcia, Lurie Garcia, Willie Garcia. Man the outfield. They take on the Twins at Target Field. Hawk Harrelson, Steven Stone will bring you all of the Garcias at 7. Last night, Blackhawks scored about as much as I did in college. Pekka Rinne stopped 29 shots. <laughs> Predators steal game one at the United Center. Is it time to dust off our Blackhawks panic button? Meanwhile, Bulls begin their playoffs Sunday night in Boston. Celtics are the top seed in the East. Bulls barely squeaked in. But could Jimmy Butler and company actually pull off a first-round shocker? Welcome in to Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. Hope you're ready for a great weekend. I'm David Kaplan. Panel for today's show, we have Jordan Burnfield, veteran Chicago sportscaster, the great Tracy Myers, our Blackhawks insider, CSNChicago.com, Seth Gruen from the Bleacher Report, and a number of other places you can read his fine work, Brian Hedger, NHL Network. All right, the Predators shut out our Blackhawks in game one. one nothing on a deflected goal seven minutes in. No more scoring. Tracy, what happened last night? Because Jonathan Taves getting zero shots on goal, and Kane and Taves have one goal combined in the last eight postseason games. Unacceptable. Well, uh, even even when they were shooting early on, because 13 minutes, 42 seconds going without a goal, 13.46, I'm sorry, that, or a shot, that's a bad idea in the first period, first of all. But even when they were shooting too much perimeter, uh, even Pecorine said it today. He said, listen, thanks to my defense, I saw most of the shots last night. So, you know, 26 block shots by Nashville, very good by them. But you cannot hang around the perimeter. They know this. They can't do it. Edge? Seems like every playoffs that go by, we hear the same storyline with this team at least once or twice or three times in a playoffs where it's like team clogs the neutral zone against the Blackhawks. Blackhawks don't respond very well. Blackhawks get easily pushed to the outside. They don't get good shots on that. And then Joel gets upset or, you know, they do something to, to get um, guys on the inside a little bit more and they respond. So I would expect them to be to look a little different on Saturday uh, as well, a little more urgency as well. What is it about this Nashville team that gives them so many problems? I, I you know, I think it's it, part of it is that bottling up, uh, you know, that they do. They've been very good at this for a number of years. And and the other thing is, is there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, Nashville just likes to try and slow you down. You know, they're basically on a 40 five-minute penalty kill last night, and it worked. So just a very workmanlike team, and they do have more skill this year than they have in the past. But, you know, they were perfectly happy with just clogging everything up and, and basically playing that game where they said, okay, we're going to dare you to try and break through us, and the Blackhawks couldn't. Tracy, every year that the Blackhawks have won the Cup, somebody that we didn't expect has come through and been a major mm -hmm. cog in, in the team's run. Is one of these young guys, in your opinion, kind of ready to step up in a, in a major way? Because the way this team is constructed this year is kind of interesting in that you've got, like, the old guard here, but a lot of the players that made up this top seed in the West are, are young and inexperienced. Yeah, I, you know, of the young guys, I would think Brian Hartman would probably be the most ready for this. You know, you, you listen to him talk, you see him. There's a confidence 
in this kid and rightfully so 19 goals on a, on a season he had a fantastic season so probably him more than Schmaltz now we saw what happened last night you know he the nerves got to him I'm not stunned by that nobody should be surprised by that this is not the first time a kid has come onto this stage and might be a little starstruck so uh, but Hartman I, I've really been impressed by him won't be surprised if he starts on the top line tomorrow night and he said I'm going to the net. That's what I got to do. That's what right. I'm Here's our Sports Talk Live poll question. See us at Chicago.com slash vote. On a scale of one to five, with five being full panic mode, how concerned are you with the Blackhawks after last night's loss? How would you vote? Where are you at? I was going to ask you on that one. You I'm okay. Little... I'm calm. They lose tomorrow. 89.2% of NHL teams that lose the first two at home have gone on to lose the series. Flip that. 55% of teams with home ice advantage that lose game one, win game two, go on to come back and win the series. Got to win tomorrow. It's a big, it's a huge game. It really is because if I, I, I would have to check this out uh, to make sure 100%, but I think if they lose Saturday, I think that would be the first time they lost two home playoff games to start a series since they went on this nine-year run in the playoffs. That's hard to come. I mean, like you said, you can't. it's not impossible, but it would be very difficult to come back. So... You know, I don't know. I can't remember. What was your question now? What was your first question? What do I think? Yeah, where's your level of panic? Oh, panic level. That's right. Um, none at this point. Maybe like a very minor. Good happy hour today? Part. Well, this team's, yeah, maybe I was. This team's <laughs> been here before. I mean, they've had their backs against the wall, and they've come out on the other end of it. This is a weathered team at this point, right? I mean. I, I, think, I think if the game was more uh, extreme last night, if, if Nashville just blew them out of the water then maybe there's there's more of a concern. But I, I don't think Nashville outplayed them to such Second a degree. Second period, I thought the Hawks, they didn't score. No. But they were elite. They played much better. Yep. They played much better. They, they started breaking in a little bit more, still not enough. But Nashville got that one goal, and, and they weren't exactly pressing the matter on the offensive side. They just shut it down And for the Crawford haters out there, they, there was no chance. He, no one was stopping that goal. That was just goal. a heck of a tip. In. It was a great yeah. tip. By a guy who had 31 goals. Corey wasn't season. heavily tested, but yeah. he did his job last night. Well, night. exactly. Yeah, Victor Arvidsson has been fantastic this season. What a beautiful little deft deflection, and that's that's just. Oh, well, that was shot. also a defensive breakdown as well, where uh, the, all three forwards go converging on the puck at the same Any time. Any big changes tomorrow? You see. Uh, Hayden probably will not play. Probably not, no, no. Is Vinny Henestrosa going to play? Probably not. I think the only change on that fourth line is it sounds like Dennis Rasmussen uh, will come in, which, you know, he, he's a big body. I don't think that's a bad thing. But, yeah, nothing, you know, we talk about drastic changes. You had Scott Darling in for five and a half games last year. That was as drastic as it gets, and, and the Blackhawks were able to uh, get through. Two years ago. Two years ago, thank you. But, you know, again, like you said, weathering the storm. They've, they've been through, done this. You know, some subtle little changes, but nothing overwhelming. It gets to be more of a, a concern if they lose, obviously. But at this point, oh God, it's It'll not full-scale panic among the fan base. Well, so I, I Is think that panic or Richard panic, for the record? <laughs> It'd be P-A-N-I-C on this one. Okay. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> In terms of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, mm -hmm. look, and I don't mean to say, well, you're making so much money, but you pay them elite money, $10.5 right. sure. to be elite. Sure. You go eat at Chicago Cut you, eight times. They played eight games, got one cup, Michael. You better have more than one good meal. Yeah. You expect great meal, great right. service. What is going on with Taves? It got zero shots. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I 
just watching that last night and uh, you know Kane I think had six so uh, but he was also double shifting a little bit I I don't know what it was and and part of it was maybe again you know if, if you're Nashville you've got a very untested fourth line that wasn't coming out that often you know what you're getting in the second line so you're gonna have to watch them but you can target that first line a lot because you know you know what you've got up there and, and if you can shut Taves down then you're off to a, a wonderful start and that's what they did Edge. well I mean, what we saw last night, I think, is what we saw before Nick Schmaltz kind of uh, asserted himself as that top left wing after he came back from Rockford. Before he did that, it was just this, like, rotation of a number of guys at left wing with Taves and whoever they put with Taves, either Hosa or Panic. And there was just no chemistry. There was no, like, th there was no consistency, I guess is the word you'd look for. And Taves even at one point this season said it, like, look, I need to have consistent line mates for me to kind of know where they are so we can start generating offense. And that became Schmaltz. So then when a period goes by last night and the st second period starts and Schmaltz is not up there anymore because he's obviously he was, you know, struggling a little bit with the playoff pace, I think you kind of reverted back to the way it was before, and there wasn't a whole lot of consistency. They weren't generating a lot of uh, offense, and, you know, we, that's what happened. Thank you. Thank you. For being here. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thank you very much. All right. You can follow Tracy on Twitter. You can read her story tomorrow night at csnchicago.com. Just making the playoffs was the hard part for the Bulls. Now that they're in, could they actually win a round? Game one against the Celtics Sunday night on CSN. Could the Bulls pull off the upset on the road? We'll discuss that next. CSN Sports Talk Live podcast brings you the freshest takes and boldest insights on the hottest topics of the day. David Kaplan leads the conversation with a rotating panel of writers, reporters, and personalities. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe at csnchicago.com slash podcasts today. Chicago Bulls start the nipple playoff Sunday night in Boston against a top seed that might be beatable. Check out stat of the day driven by the Chevy Silverado. Celtics went 53 and 29 since the 2000-2001 season. That's the third lowest regular season win percentage for a number one seed tied with the 0607 Pistons. Only better than the 0203 Pistons and the 0102 New Jersey Nets. Our guy Nick is here. Tricky Nick Friedel, who's got to go to Boston. Fly out tomorrow? Oh, yeah. All right. Can the Bulls actually win this series? I don't believe they can. There are others. Kendall Gill's picking the Bulls to win the series. Our boy Tommy Waddle picking the Bulls. They've got a puncher's chance, Cap. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, guys, for this team to have Jimmy Butler just be dominant and Dwayne Wade turns back the clock and you go, whoa, he could still score 30. And Rondo gets to boss. He's like, I'm going to get you guys. It's possible. It's not probable. I've got the Celtics in six. I don't believe that a team that has been this off and on all season can turn it on all the way for four games in a seven-game series. Nick, where do you think that the worst matchup is for the Bulls in terms of just the X's and O's? Because we know with the Bulls, you never know what you're going to get. But where do you think the Celtics can exploit them the most? Isaiah Thomas. I think it's that easy, Jordan, because when he gets going, he gets the rest of that team rolling. Jimmy Butler is talking today at practice about, you know, I can stay on him for 48 minutes. That's fine, but Jimmy is a human being. So if you're expending that much energy defensively, offensively, you can't rely on him to then go out and score 30 or 35, whatever they need. Isaiah Thomas has been so great this year. 
Rondo's not going to stay in front of him for long stretches. I think he's really, really going to hurt the Bulls. You, you give them a chance because of their experience, right? I mean, but still they seem to fall short in the all-important category of talent. So how do they close that gap? And said roster depth. Yeah. That, that could hurt them a little bit, Except too. That there's no superstar on Boston that you go, oh, my God, he's unstoppable. Like, Jimmy's a star. Jimmy will be the single best player in the series. Why do people refuse to buy into Isaiah Thomas? I don't get that. He's a very good player. But please five, don't nine. tell me a 5'8", five, 5'9", five, guy's a superstar. But there's the difference. Jimmy, all-around cap. He is the best player in the series. Isaiah Thomas, with the year he's had offensively and what he's done late in game for the Celtics, has been incredible. So I think he's looking at this series the same way Jimmy Butler is because both of those guys are now on the national platform on the playoffs, and they're both saying, I'm gonna show I want to be what the I guy. Can do. Exactly. Uh, I want to be the guy that can do it. Here's our Sports Talk Live poll question. CSHChicago.com slash vote. Take a look. There's the who wins the series. Bulls. The uh, Celtics, and we have the game numbers there. So, yeah, a lot of drunk fans, 94%. I was going to say, is Gar in his office right now just clicking <laughs> away at, at option A? That's pretty Gar crazy Foreman right there. <laughs> oh, my Gar God. Foreman is... <laughs> Gar! Hedge, the, uh, How you doing? The, the Bulls Gatorade is being consumed right now. Um, how fitting would this be if the Bulls do pull this off? That Jimmy Butler, and say Jimmy Butler has a great series or whatever. I mean, I mean, he'd have to if they are going to Absolutely. I mean, this was the team that we kept talking about that was going to trade for Jimmy Butler, and then they decided at the last second, nope, price is too, too high. Wouldn't it be kind of fitting that, like, if the Celtics do get knocked out? That Jimmy puts them away. <laughs> Jimmy's the one that puts them away. Do you, make do you believe, to Hedge's point, that if Danny Ainge could go back to the trade deadline, he'd be like, all right, I'm all in. With a number one seed, my chip's wrong. Because Mike Fratello today said to me, we had him on the radio, he said, I praise them for not giving up the top pick and not panicking, just going, we'll see where we go, but we're not giving away those assets. And to the Czar's point, Cap, I think in Danny Ainge's heart of hearts, he's thinking, as great as Jimmy has been at times during the regular season. I can get season, a better player. Exactly. And Jimmy isn't the guy who's going to get us from here to here. And that's why he's holding on to that pick uh, for this summer's draft. That's why that move wasn't made. I think if he could go back in time, if that deal was going to be made, guys, that deal was going to be made a year and a half ago almost. I mean, not, not at uh, the trade deadline a couple months ago. But I don't see any scenario, uh, Sylvie was asking me this today, where all of a sudden Danny Ainge watches Jimmy Butler in this series and Jimmy's awesome and he goes, oh, you know what, i got to make this deal happen. Uh, before the draft. I don't think that's happening. I think that ship has kind of sailed. The Bulls are hoping that some other team besides Boston shows a lot of interest going into the draft, but there is no question there is a huge, huge amount of spotlight on Jimmy in this series, and there is on Danny Ainge too, because Cleveland is not playing that well. Boston has a chance to beat them. I just don't believe they have the firepower to do it. How about... uh... How about Dwayne Wade in this thing? I mean, where does he factor in this? At one point, we thought that he was done for the season, right? We kept, like, it was being reported. He was done for the season. I had Bulls him. said it. Mentally, I had him on a yacht somewhere down in, like, Miami, just chilling out, getting ready for next year. Whatever. Where, how does he factor in this? You just talked about the, the spotlights on Jimmy, the spotlights on Isaiah Thomas. Is there a chance that, that maybe Dwayne Wade sneaks in there a little bit and, you know, he doesn't have the spotlight on him? Heads, there's a chance because Dwayne Wade last year in the postseason was 
awesome. Right. He was unbelievable. The reason I don't think it's going to happen this year is because I've watched Dwayne all season. And he hasn't been, <laughs> and he hasn't been yeah. very good. Yeah. I mean, he he's not in a rhythm right now because of the elbow injury. He just came back. He doesn't look like uh, he's playing the same way. But all the great players, guys, all the great players, no matter how old they are, they still have a couple of those games in the playoffs where you go, yep, He's a Hall of Famer, and I think that's possible in this series. But to expect Dwayne to go out and score 25 right. every night, I don't think that's going to happen. Nick, is this series a fork in the road, or do we kind of already know where this, this train is going? If, if they win this series, might they you know, pull back and think about keeping Jimmy around? Is they he good as gone? Series, Can he increase having his a press value? Conference saying the rebuild's complete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they win this series, Seth, you know what's sad? Even if they win this series, I still think they should blow it up. I don't believe that all of a sudden everything is fixed and you go, oh, this is a what team. I, I agree. Boy. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> but, but, but might them give, might that give them the ammunition to say, you know, we're not? I, I don't believe so. I agree so. with you. I don't, I don't believe so. I think the, the front office, I think ownership, they all understand if we're popping them with the true serum that this team just doesn't have enough. And great if they get past Boston. Maybe they do take a second look and say, ah, maybe Jimmy can be the guy. I just I don't have that sense. I haven't had it all year. And if they do pull off the upset, guys, then where are they going? Yeah. Because this team still doesn't have enough to play at a championship level. Be a great story, and it'd be great for, for talk radio. What? But I think this team is what it is, and what it is in the long term and good enough. isn't good enough. All right, Phil Jackson made some public comments today a day after meeting with Carmelo Anthony. Phil says that it would be best probably for Carmelo to play somewhere else. Take a listen. He is a player that would be better off somewhere else and using his talent somewhere where he can win or chase that championship. Right now we need players that are really active, can play every single play, defensively and offensively. It's really important for us. We started to get some players on the floor that can do that. And, you know, that's the direction we have to go. You're looking at one of the single worst executives in NBA history. That guy's awful. And how he had a two-year opt-out where he could have opted out this year. He wouldn't because no one else is going to give him that kind of money. Why James Dolan would go, yeah, we're in. We'll pay you another $24 million. That guy's awful. I mean, literally, my grandmother's been dead since 95. She knew Joakim couldn't play. <laughs> $72 million, and he gave that guy a no-trade clause? Good luck with fixing that. That's Knicks. the sticking point. That, that's, that's, to me, Please. the most egregious of his moves because he's given Carmelo Anthony all the leverage. Please tell that me that the Bulls are not going to trade for him. No, I don't believe so. I, I know our, Paul, our, our pal Bulldog, Kevin Anderson, believes that Carmelo is going to appear on the Bulls. I don't think so. I think the Bulls are going to steer completely clear of whatever Carmelo does. But I'd say this, guys, as I'm listening to Phil, I'm thinking back to a couple years ago, and I'm thinking if Carmelo had signed with the Bulls, just how many different things Tibbs would still happened. be here. Tibbs would probably still be here. This team in that year, maybe they get all the way to where everybody always wanted them to go. Now they'd still have Derek and Joakim, and we see how that's played out. Fred Hoiberg would be coaching Iowa State still. No doubt. And so that would have changed the course of everything, and Carmelo went after the money. More power to him. He's going to set up his kids and their kids and their kids for years and years and generations. But basketball-wise, I really wish that Carmelo would have come to Chicago and it would have changed the course of the organization. And if LeBron doesn't hit the corner jumper to beat the Bulls, 
telling you they would have won that series. And the, or, who knows what might have happened. Or Pau Gasol missed two of those games, too. That was huge. No question. All right, it's all Garcias all the time for the White Sox. Meanwhile, one of those Garcias has been red hot to start the 2017 season. So, for the fourth consecutive April, we ask, is this the year of ECL Garcia finally puts it all together? It's sports, it's social, it's viral. It's Luke Stuckmeyer and Layla Rahimi, and it's the Next Generation Sports Show. In the Loop, every night at 6.30, 10, and 10.30 on CSN Chicago. And as soon as the show ends, turn to Facebook Live for the after show. When Ricky Renteria says, hey, Garcia, you're in right, three players will say, who? For the first time in MLB history, all three starting outfielders will have the same last name and the same spelling. Willie Garcia left. Lurie Garcia in center of VCL Garcia is in right. Sox and Twins tonight on CSN. Sox playing, you know, fairly solid baseball. And Avi Garcia has been off to a really good start. He has. And every year I think we've been hoping to see Avi Garcia finally break out and take the next step. So even though he's had a great start to the season and deserves a lot of credit for it, I still think, you know, it's small sample size of the early part of the baseball season. But... He's always had the physical talents. The biggest problem with him is that he's never been able to put it together consistently from a power standpoint or from an average standpoint. So, so far, so good, but I still need to see more. And, and the, collar blo- the collarbone slowed his development a little. I think that we have to uh, acknowledge that. But look, not everybody develops at a Chris Bryant-like pace. We saw the- we- we've heard Theo time and again say that um, it's-, it's exceptional the way those guys have developed. So some guys come on a little later. It's possible that's what's happening with him now. I know that some people aren't buying in, but I'm sure the Sox will take a wait-and-see approach. If you followed his career with the Tigers at all in the minor leagues like I did, uh, he hit for average, very high average in the minors, like all the way up, every step of the way up, all the way up to AAA, he just crushed. And when they traded to get him, I thought that was a great trade for the White Sox because of the physical, you know, the, the, um, the way he's built, the athleticism, what he had done in the minors. So the last two, three years, I think you're right. The, the, the collarbone probably didn't help, you know. All right, Cubs lose today at home. Uh, obviously, this team's overrated. Blow it up. <laughs> you know what the best part about it is now? You watch games, and I went yesterday to Wrigley. You expect them to win. Every night. And if they lose, you like, expect Whoa. them to win the next day. Yeah. And it's people all okay. To, I'm looking on Twitter. They're like, come on, Joe, you got to ticker at the lineup. <laughs> Relax, people. Relax. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Remember to watch the show weekdays on CSN and visit CSNChicago.com for previous episodes of the podcast and all the latest sports news and highlights.